Good morning. How are we doing? Good, good. Okay, so this morning I would like to talk about self-control. Anyone want to chat about self-control? Okay. How about if we talk about the self-control of the person next to you? That's an easier topic. We can do that one, right? Okay, so <clears throat> Galatians 5.22-23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we have to ask ourselves, what is self-control? What is it actually referring to? And self-control really means it's the ability to control yourself, in particular, in your emotions. In particular, in your emotions and in your desires and in the expression of those emotions and desires in your behavior. That's self-control. I think we often just landed on behavior, but we're gonna drill backwards and talk about emotions. Aren't you glad, guys? We're gonna drill backwards, talk about emotions, and talk about thoughts, and talk about how our behavior is truly fed and energized by our emotions. So I'm gonna give you a couple of scriptures. Joshua 1, 9, I have, have I not commanded you to be strong, be not afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord will be with you wherever you go. John 14, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Luke 12, 22, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, believe also, uh, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat, and, or about your body. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious in anything, but in every situation. That's a drag of a verse right there, right? Anybody? Anyone? Obviously, they, weren't, they had never gone through COVID, right? <laughs> They've never gone through lockdowns. But it says, do not be anxious in anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God will transcend your situation and your understanding. And it, Proverbs 4 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. As in water will reflect your face, so a man's heart reveals the man. So these are just a few. I mean, listen, the Bible's full of how to deal with your emotions. We don't really talk about it, though. We don't, we're not often connecting the dots because we think heart, and we're not saying, oh, that's talking about our emotions and our desires. But in the Greek, heart means the center seat of your emotions. It's the seat of your emotions as far as it affects and stirs up your life. It stirs it up for good, bad. Your emotions, your affections, um, the, the, the deep desires of your heart. And so we, we want to connect with what God is actually saying to us here. Like, what is he truly saying in these scriptures? 
What does he mean? What is he saying? Do not be wor- do not worry, do not be anxious. Be of great courage. Do this, do that. He's not actually, not one of those verses said to pray for it. They said, do it. Isn't that a bummer? <laughs> I'd rather just kind of keep praying and go, well, God's not helping me. But he's not saying that to Tracy. We can, we can extrapolate from those scriptures that I am and you are in charge of your emotions. You're in charge of your emotions. And God's requiring us, yea, commanding us to rule them. Oh, it's so easy, isn't it? No, it's not. It's complicated. It's deeply complicated. It's deeply challenging. And because our emotions are in every fiber of our being, and they are the things that, that are talking to us. They're the things that are screaming for relief. They're the things that are screaming for our rights. They're the things that we have to connect with. And it's not easy. I think it's really challenging, yet he gives us a way out, and we're gonna look at that way out. But we can't just ignore our emotions, right? I mean, some of us just keep shoving them aside, shoving them down, shoving them over, and we're like, I've controlled my emotions until it comes out sideways with the people you live with. And suddenly they're like, dude, I didn't do anything. I said, hello. I said, good morning. And you're already cranky. And that's because we've often shoved them down as to control them and they come out sideways. That's not actually what he's asking us to do. He's not looking at us to go, just have no emotions. No, we love emotions, amen? We love them. They're gifts from God. Emotions are the gift that God gives us to connect with him to know how he feels about us, to connect with the people that we know and love, to, to connect and bond with all that is around us. It is, they're beautiful things until they're complicated. And when they're complicated, which they are on an everyday basis for all of us, none of us are free from this message. That's the challenge. None of us are. We, we have to work at not just shutting our emotions down or letting them rule us. Are you with me? They don't get to drive my bus. I might be on the little short bus, but they still don't get to drive it. They don't get to tell me how to behave. I actually tell my feelings where to go. And that is counter. Um, that is countercultural because we're in a culture that says to us all day long, be your authentic self. Don't let anyone tell you it doesn't matter how you feel, which that's not what we're talking about. It does matter how you feel, but we have to let our, because our feelings inform how we're feeling and thinking inside, but then we have to place them into submission about what Jesus is saying about us and about society around us. But that's not what society says. Society goes, be your authentic self. 
Don't let anyone tell you that's not how you feel. How many of you have been in, with, in arguments? You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you have been in arguments where you're like, well, you can't tell me that's not how I feel? And it's like, well, I don't think I am. Well, you've hurt me. It's like, I hear you. That's not what I, well, you've hurt me. And we're arguing feelings. Because we've been told our feelings are preeminent. We've been told be your authentic self. And I just want to know, is your authentic self before coffee or after coffee? <laughs> is it before you have your chocolate bar? I'm, I'm a chocolate girl. Is it before I have my chocolate bar or after it when I crash? You want, you want that little 10-minute window <laughs> with me after I have my chocolate. I love everybody. Right? Is it when you're hungry? Is it when, you're, you, when you've eaten a great steak? Is it when the Chiefs win or when the Chiefs lose? <laughs> but that authentic self, it, which one? No, but I'm actually kind of being serious. It sounds silly, but which one is it? Who's authentic? When are we authentic? And I'm here to declare none of that's you being authentic. Authentic is actually me knowing who Jesus says I am. And that sounds so great and it's so hard. Because he's looking at me going, Tracy, they may think you're a little crazy after this message, but I get you. I get where you were going. You may not have done it great, but it's going to be okay. That's actually, I have to align myself with who he says I am, with how he feels about me. Now, it does matter how the people around me feel. We, we, we want those relationships to go well. But we're talking, I'm doing it in a general sense, we're talking about the ways in which we have to navigate our emotions, folks. We have to navigate the ways in which often our emotions are running the show. And I'm here to tell you, if you are following your emotions, you're following a really bad leader. Some of the worst advice I've heard people give is follow your heart. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Really, do not. This is going to crash. I appreciate that our heart wants something, but we have to actually align our heart with what the Bible says and how God is telling us to live. Multiple car, like multiple car crash up happens when we just follow our hearts. And then we're mad that it didn't turn out. And then we get a little crankier than we want to be. Are you following me? Anybody? It's like, this is how it goes. And he's looking at me going, you're, you're going to do this, Tracy. You're going to learn to subject your emotions into the things that I've spoken of. Now, here's the thing. My emotions actually matter. I'm a trauma victim from my childhood. I'm a sexual abuse survivor. I'm a date rape survivor. I'm a survivor of uh, egregious betrayal uh, in a marriage. I'm, I, I'm a survivor. So my emotions had lots to say, amen? Nothing wrong with my emotions having a voice. But how I respond to it is the thing that shifts our life. What we do with that is the thing that shifts your life. And the thing is, is because I'm hurt or because I've been betrayed, you've been betrayed, we've all been betrayed. Can we just settle that issue? We are in a betrayal culture. We are all being betrayed and or, and or will be at some level. Matthew 24 makes that clear. How 
how am I responding to that? What am I doing with my emotions? What am I doing with my feelings? And if I'm not working them out well, it's gonna go south on me. Because hurt, it's a continuum. You get hurt, you get wounded, and you get a little cranky, you get a little this, you get a little that, and soon you've got to stay away from sharp things because you're going to hurt someone. And it, 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 it's funny, but it's real. And we're all a little bit crankier than we actually want to admit. Now, we realize Christians aren't angry, amen? We're not angry. <laughs> What we are is a little frustrated. <laughs> All day long, Christians go, I'm just a little frustrated. No, 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 I'm okay, I'm just a little frustrated. Just give me a minute, I'm just a little, I just, give me a minute. I'm just a little frustrated. I'm just a little irritated. And all day long, Christians get to say those words and actually not be required any behavior, any behavior modification. And it's become acceptable to say to you, I'm a little frustrated. And you're like, oh, how can I help you? As opposed to going, really? So why? And it's, I'm just unpacking or I'm just venting. You see it on Facebook, social media all day long. Venters. You're like, no, this is horrible. You're vomiting your anger on everyone. And the thing is, is... If we connect with frustration, irritation, a little, you know, add your words to those, they're derivatives, they're secondary emotions to anger. So every time you communicate that, you're saying you're angry. Welcome to being angry. Are you hearing me? I'm saying this on purpose. And the reason I'm saying this is because if you don't deal with your anger, you're going to live an incredibly bitter life. And the challenge with that is the Bible makes it super clear that that bitterness is the thing that causes your love to grow cold, my love to grow cold. Now, I've written a book on this. It's in the bookstore if you want to unpack it a little bit more. Some of you are like, no, we're good. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> But there is way more unpacking than what I'm going to do. And I've really, my story and, and my, I would say my one message the Lord has given me is to help people walk free from disappointment and, and bitterness and anger. And, uh, and so it's on sale over in the bookstore. But I, I'm saying we have to figure out how to step out of anger, how to work out our emotions, how to be countercultural because our emotions are going to get us in trouble if we're not working them out, if we're not having a place in which we can speak of them. If we're not working out our emotions, chances are our internal worlds are a little crazy. Now, the thing is, is we can come out looking cute. We can come out looking all put together, but our emotional worlds are chaos, which is anxiety, frustration, anger, disappointment, all manner of behavior going on inside of us. Amen? And so he's looking at us going, those small things that were just little th tiny things in your life today are escalating to huge things. And the smallest things are irritating you. The smallest things are bugging you. 
And then we start telling ourselves, we're misunderstood, you don't really get it, well, you've got a great spouse, or you've got children that blah, blah, blah. And we've got all these reasons why no one really gets us. And it's like, no, I kind of do get you. I may not know that particular situation, but I get you. Life is hard, amen? Anybody? I mean, life is hard. It is not easy. But it's okay because he's given us a way to walk it out if we choose to partner with him. And one of the ways that we're going to walk it out is we're going to have a conversation with ourselves. Okay? I need you to start talking to yourself. Some of you are going, wait a minute, I thought I wasn't supposed to hear voices. (laughs) And now you're telling me to hear that voice? Yes, I am. Your voice is the loudest voice you hear. You hear your voice over God's voice, the enemy's voice. We all want to blame the enemy, don't we? Come on. We just want to blame him for everything, don't we? But the catch to it is it's, it's our voice we hear the most. And so what's your voice saying to you? And some of you are going, I don't know because I don't, I don't really pay attention. The catch to it is your, 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 your soul, your heart is actually paying attention to what you're internally saying to yourself. You may not be. We want to start paying attention is the way forward with our emotions is to have a conversation with ourselves and to hear what it is that we are saying. When we look at that, I'm going to just give a couple of scriptures. There's plenty of them. David in Psalms 42, 43, Psalm 103. He's done it a number of times in 103. Talk to himself about rising up, about taking control, telling his heart where to go, telling himself how to respond when he was distressed. We see it again in Samuel. He said, strengthen. It says David strengthened himself. How do you think he did that? He did it by speaking to the Lord, by, by talking to himself and saying, you, you can do this. You have to get off that emotional cliff. Anyone ever feel like they're on an emotional cliff? Where you're just thinking, this isn't going to, and it might have just been this morning, right? Just getting to church. And if you've got children, it was an emotional cliff getting to church. And that emotional cliff, we have to actually talk ourselves off of it. I have to talk to myself regularly going, Tracy, you got to settle down, honey. It's okay. It's okay. They did not leave you out. You're going to be okay. Your friends get to go have lunch with you, Instagram it, and you not actually be hurt by it. It sounds silly, but it's real. And it's what we do. This golf tournament's going to stir up a few people. Well, they didn't invite me. Isaac Bennett didn't come around to every section and say, hey, you want to go to the golf tournament? Hey, you want to go to the golf? Well, so they didn't invite me, so I'm not going. And then they're going to start talking about it in a couple of weeks, and you're going to go, this is a dumb tournament. Who cares? And your heart actually is going to be slightly injured that you were left out. Now, it sounds silly, but it's actually not. Because these are the places it starts. And if we don't work it out, if we don't at least acknowledge what's going on, we end up a little crankier at our friends. We end up a little crankier at church. We, we just go, this is stupid. I knew they were going to leave people out. They're just a bunch of clicks. We just start labeling and why it's okay that we get to be frustrated. Are you following me? And so I have to have a conversation with myself. Who, what's your conversation with yourself? What are you saying? How are you saying it? We want to take control of it. I want to rule 
my conversation. Now, we know that scripture says, where you set your mind, your heart is gonna follow. That's not an exact scripture. It's an overall understanding of scripture. Continually says, set your mind on things above. Think on things that are pure. Do this with your brain. Do this, do this, right? And the thing is, is it's going to ultimately cause your emotions to follow you. It's telling you to control your emotions of just the few verses I gave you. It's commanding us to control our emotions. Now, some of us go, well, I'm just a feeler. Well, well I'm an Enneagram 436. You know, it's like, uh, okay, I appreciate that. I really do. I'm not mocking it. It's like, I'm not sure what that means. Well, I just feel more than you do, Bickle. It's like, well, thank you for the insult, but okay. And I'm thinking, then you're just going to have a bigger challenge. And you get to rejoice that the Lord gave that to you and not me, if that's how you're looking at it. That doesn't mean you don't get to control your emotions. It doesn't mean, well, I just, the Christians do, I just pick things up in the spirit and that room just made me really sad. It's like, I think you might've just been really sad because you came into the room and it felt lonely. And you're sad and you get to be sad, but you get to work that out and actually understand why you're feeling what you're feeling. Are you following me? And so I, we, we're, we're encouraging you. I'm taking you on my journey of my private prayer with the Lord, by the way, because he, he's encouraging me, so I'm encouraging you. And he's like, Tracy, I, I need you to connect with the ways in which you're letting little root systems of crankiness of your system, of the people you love, of your family, of whatever, you're letting it actually seep back in. Uh, and I, I want you to catch these ones. Root systems are real, amen? Root systems are wicked because they tangle us and we didn't even see them because they're underground. Root systems are underground, which is why when we look at um, Hebrews 12, it says, look diligently, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and by it cause you trouble. I'm like, well, what root? I don't see a root. He's like, well, dig a little bit deeper, Bickle. There's, there's a whole system growing underneath that you're not paying attention to. And I'm sure most of us aren't thinking I'm digging into my heart issues. We're just trying to act reasonably normal tomorrow or today or at lunch, right? And he goes, well, there's an easier to act to require yourself to behave in an appropriate manner if you work out your heart's issues. Are you following me? And so what we wanna do is we wanna look at a conversation that God has with Cain. Now we all know the story of Cain and Abel, but God actually talked to Cain. God actually looked at Cain. God actually said to Cain, here's the deal. I get that you are not happy because I blessed your brother. I get it. But I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. And in this counseling session, God asked Cain three questions. I'm asking you these questions. Why are you angry or frustrated, irritated, offended? Why are you? Why are you sad? He looked at Cain and says, why is your face downcast, Cain? Why are you sad? What are you depressed over besides the chiefs losing? But what are you depressed over? Why are you oppressed? 
what, what's actually happening. I, I need you to think it through. He, God asked Cain that question, you guys. He didn't ask Cain that question because God's confused. God was not confused on why Cain was doing what Cain was doing. Amen? Not confused. He knew Cain was. He knew there was a root system growing in Cain's heart of, of disappointment, of being frustrated that he didn't get what he wanted, of being dis, uh, uh, disheartened and becoming depressed because he didn't get what he thought he deserved. Now, there's three areas that we think we deserve things in. The area of promotion, the area of position, and the area of, uh, of position, of money, and of honor. Those three things, honor, position, and money. Those three things probably filter into every area of our life. Did we get the monies we deserve? Well, heck no. We're on a deferred payment plan, people. <laughs> God is paying attention in heaven what we're doing with our monies on earth. Amen? But I joke, but it's real. But if you're working for a company and you didn't get the raise that you thought you deserved, you didn't get the bonus you thought you deserved, you didn't get the promotion you thought you deserved, your, in fact, your company, your business, your ministry said, oh, I'm sorry, we don't need you anymore. So not only did you not get the promotion, you were relieved of your duties. That's gonna cause a little crankiness, anybody? You're like, I, do you know how long I've worked here? Do you know how long I've given to this company? And all, we get these things we don't deserve. And then honor, you, the honor, how many of us are the, are the last born in large families? <laughs> Just letting you know, you're not getting the honor you deserve, right? I mean, family systems where you don't get the honor you deserve or you think you deserve. Those three things actually play out in so many areas of our lives. And he was looking at Cain going, why? What's going on? I'm looking at you. What's going on? I'm looking at me saying, Tracy, you kind of know what's going on because you have this conversation all the time. I love this. This is what I do. I love this stuff. I, it's, it's bread, water, life. I'm, you're going to say hello to me in the morning at Higher Crowns, and I'm going to talk to you about your emotions because I love it. And so I'm having it regularly with me and I'm still finding my root system weeds there that I don't want. And because it says to look diligently. So I'm just asking you that. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with your frustration? Not how's the person next to you. Listen, we all can help the person next to us, amen? If they would just listen to us, their life would be going great. I mean... It's a conversation I have with my children all day long, my adult children. I'm like, and they're like, mom, we're good. I'm like, oh, right? I'm not asking you to help them. I'm asking you to talk to you about you. We all know if they would change, your life would be better. But, but life proves that not to be true unless you're in abusive situations, and that's a whole nother conversation. And so what are, we, what are we asking ourselves? What are we saying to ourselves? I really believe if Cain had dealt with his frustration, his irritation, if he dealt with his disappointment differently, his betrayal of his brother, right? Significant betrayal 
of a brother. If you're killing them, that's some serious betrayal, amen? But he, it's betrayal. And I believe if he'd done it differently, we'd be looking at life a little differently in Christendom. I think he would have shifted history, but he didn't. Now, here's the challenge. The challenge is we all kind of want God to do a shundala bundala, bam, and then like, hey, I'm good. But that's not how feelings work. He's not gonna deliver you from your feelings. Your feelings are you. He may deliver us from depression, oppression. He may deliver us from addictions. He may deliver us from all those things. But the challenge even with that is you're gonna wake up with you tomorrow and you are the reason you're there. I mean, really, my response to sin done against me, and I've had some sin done against me. We've all had sin done against us. My response to sin done against me injures my life more than the original sin. My abuser wasn't my problem. My response to my abuser was my problem. Now, the abuser, we don't like that, and it was wrong on so many levels, but that still wasn't my bigger issue. My bigger issue is how I handled that, and we are not told that. We're living in a culture who says, no, I've been injured, and therefore you have to pay. Now, I do think abusers have to pay, but I, you have to pay because I'm the hurt one, and the hurt ones have the loud voices, and a whole society is circling around making sure hurt people get heard in an appropriate way. I think that's beautiful, but they're not the answer. Hurt and relieving that hurt, there's only one way to truly do it, and it's through the blood of Jesus. Now, it's complicated. It's not easy. It's not, we're going to pray for you, and it's going to open the door for you to start a journey. But this isn't the journey, folks, to go, well, I got prayed for. I'm good. It's like, ask the person next to you what they think. And they're going to go, no, I think therapy might be a little better for about five years. <laughs> Maybe six. If we get a good one. Are you following me? Like, it's real. It, the, 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 the emotional world, our hearts are the theater in which I'm consistently letting the Lord know I love him because I'm navigating my emotions in a healthy manner that feed my behavior. You can change your behavior, but you actually are much better off dealing with your emotions that feed that behavior. Are you following me? How are you doing it? When's the last time you had the conversation? When's the last time you've said, my life, I hate my life. Why am I at where I'm at? Self-pity becomes your go-to. And I, I get that. I don't, I don't even think there's any shame in that. There's no shame in being depressed to me. There's no shame in any of that. The shame is not walking it out. The shame is not asking for help. All manner of addictions, of abuses, of relational dynamics, of spiritual brokenness comes from wounded hearts. Are you with me? All manner come from that wounded heart. I have to work that out. Grace, grace. I'm not in trouble for being wounded. I'm not in trouble. It's not my fault I got wounded, but I have to work it out. I have to work it out well. 
and I and that often takes other people in my life helping me. That takes me reading books. That takes me gaining understanding. That takes me going, I can do this. That takes me re-signing back up. That takes me taking classes, taking courses, making sure, finding people who are really reasonably skilled in these arenas. You know, there's a lot of people who are not skilled. Lots. And they give some really bad advice in the church and out of the church. Grace, grace. I probably have given more bad advice than I want to think about now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Help me, help me. But what we want to do is connect with the reality of Galatians saying, a fruit of the Spirit, Tracy, is you controlling yourself. I just talked to uh, my granddaughter about being nice to her siblings. She's got three siblings. She just turned a teenager yesterday. And I said, you know, spells, we can blah, blah, blah. You know, we could be nice to your brother. She goes, why? I go, well, honey, I mean, I mean, I, the thing I love about you is you love the Lord. She goes, yeah. I go, well, that's part of loving the Lord. She goes, really? <laughs> I'm like, a little bit. <laughs> She's like, mm, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I thought, I'm good with that. I'll let your parents deal with that. But it's like, the thing is, is that's a lot of Christians today. The thing is, that actually is a lot of Christians. Like, I actually, because I, I said to her, I go, well, you know, I, I, I don't want to, like, proclaim I'm a believer, Bells, and just not care that I work out some of my stuff. Like, Grams doesn't want to do that. She goes, oh, I love that you do that, Grams. <laughs> like, you do you and I'll do me, is what she was saying. <laughs> And I appreciate that, but I'm just thinking, I thought to myself, that's a lot of Christians. That's a lot of us in this room. I don't really have to do my emotions. I can kind of be irritated because you really, I'm going to repent for being irritated. Actually, you are. Because irritated is angry. Frustrated is angry. It, it's real, you guys. And, and anger is probably one of the primary emotions believers feel today. They can just go, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of angry. I'm kind of crankier than I want to be, but, you know, it's kind of the world today. And it's like, sure, the world has gotten a little complicated or more complicated, but I still have to work it out. Jesus, in his conversation with the disciples the night before he dies, is such a beautiful conversation on so many levels and that even sort of like doesn't do the conversation justice. But tomorrow he's going to face the most, uh, most egregious thing ever seen in human history. And his response is he's looking at the ones that he loves, all of them, and he's going, this is going to go really bad for you in about 12 hours, and you're going to have a really bad couple of months. And so then he tries to care for them. He tries to take, he tries to pastor them. He loves them. He washes their feet. He lets them know. He starts prophesying, you can do this. I'm thinking if I'm getting something that's going to be really hard tomorrow, I need you to take care of me. I need someone to rub my feet. I'm not rubbing yours. I'm, I'm, the, one in, I'm the one having the operation tomorrow or going through the hard thing tomorrow. Are you following me? And he goes, no, Tracy, there's a better way of doing this. And I need you to connect with how to do it. Betrayal culture is real. We are not going back. 
We're not going back to the cute towns that we know in all of our sitcoms. We're not going back to Little Stars Hollow. We're not going back to Mayberry. We're not going back to some of these cute little towns. We are in a culture that encourages us to betray one another. And then, actually, you get, in some sense, in some arenas, you get honored for doing it. Don't be fooled. We're touched by that betrayal, meaning we do it. Let's not be fooled that we're not touched by the world. Because whatever we say to ourselves, the world touches all of us to some degree. I have to connect with that so I can work it out well. Are you with me? And so one of the ways that we work this out, there's only one small way, honestly. We, We just don't have enough time to unpack this. But one of the ways is choosing to be thankful. And I know some of you are like, oh, I know, we go, we're thankful, we get it, we get it. We get it. It's like, no, we don't get it. Because if we got it, we'd do it. Choosing to be thankful changes your brain chemistry. Neuroscience has proven it. They don't even believe in the Bible. And they've proven that neuroscience gives you dumps of of. Of, of endorphins in your brain, of serotonin in your brain. Just saying, hey, I'm thankful. Hey, thanks for that cup of coffee. I'm getting a dump of serotonin in my brain. So, neuroscience has proven that. The Bible does it all day long. So I have to choose to be thankful for the situations I find myself in. Brenton, we're gonna end here. But I have to choose to be thankful to say, hey, I'm gonna walk this way. And then I'm going to have to get myself back up and sign up again because, well, two hours ago, I was thankful and I then forgot. Some of us are going to have to choose to be thankful at halftime. Some of us are going to have to choose to be thankful. We're going to have to choose to be thankful when we lose our jobs, when our children don't behave the way we want, when we don't get what we want. We're going to have to choose to be thankful when we're in incredibly difficult situations. Corey Ten Boom's a beautiful one. They chose to be thankful for the lice in their bunkers that kept the guards out. I'm like, I'm not really ready to be thankful for lice. I'm just not. I mean, I like clean. Like, but I'm serious. But this woman, like, you listen to her and you're just thinking, they chose to be thankful in some of the most egregious situations. And the Lord sustains them. We have to choose. So how are you handling our emotions? How are, you, how are you walking out the fruit of the Spirit this morning? How are we choosing to have a different conversation? Some of you go, okay, I'm gonna start actually talking to myself. When I first started talking to myself, I'm 62 here in a couple months. But when I started talking to myself, it was when I was like 30. I didn't know you were supposed to. And I just did it out loud. Just so it helped me. I still sometimes do it out loud. I'm just talking to myself. Tracy, you gotta calm the heck down. It really is gonna be okay. No, I don't think it is. I mean, I argue with myself. That's okay, Gideon argued with God. Gideon argued with himself. I ain't doing this, God. You're like, no, no, this ain't gonna work. And so I get permission to do that, but in the end, I've gotta to yield to the Lord, amen? In the yield, I've gotta I've got align myself with what the Bible says. 
That is our true north. That is the thing we live with. My emotions that are all over the place, I have to align them with what the word says. And I've got to rein them in. Some of you have never reined your emotions in. You let them feel what they feel, when they feel, how they feel. And you're like, well, they're my, I don't, what, I, what am I, you're supposed to rein them in. You're actually supposed to talk to them. You're actually supposed to explain to them, it's gonna be okay. You got this. I know it feels this way, but just because it feels this way, it doesn't make the matter true. Just because your emotions are screaming, doesn't make the matter true. The truth is the Bible. The truth isn't your side or my side or their side or his side. The truth is the Bible, you guys. And so we want to do that. Amen? So I'm going to encourage you to stand. We're going to pray. We're going to, although many of you have already signed up to this many times and you don't have to re-sign back up, but I want you to help me. We're going to sign back up. You're encouraging me. So I'm going to have everybody close their eyes. <clears throat> and we're going to go before that great throne of grace. He sits on the throne, Jesus at his right hand, the sea like glass, four living creatures, 24 elders, cherubim, the seraphim, multi multitude of angels, the rainbow around that throne that circles it. Find yourself there because that's who you're talking to. And I ask you right now, Lord, Come touch these ones in this room. Help us. Help us understand about us what you see about us. Help us see what you see. Help us know what you know. We're saying to you, Father, we want to walk in your ways. We're saying to you, Father, Psalm 139. Search me, Lord, because I don't even know what my feelings are. But you do, so search me, Lord. Search me. If you don't know what your feelings are, that's okay. The Lord does. Psalm 139, search me. Come, Lord. That's it. Touch us. We're just stay here for a second. You're having a conversation with God. You're looking right at him. Some of you might be hiding in that room, but that's okay. He sees you. You're speaking to him, not to this worship, not to me. You're speaking to him. Show me, Lord, where I'm irritated way more than I want to be. Show me where I'm walled off. Show me where I ignore my emotions. Show me, Lord. We invite you to come forward if you'd like prayer. Come on these lines. We're inviting the prayer team up. If you want he prayer for healing, if you want to encounter the Lord in a new way, we're inviting you forward as we continue to pray. I'm going to pray for you whether you're on the bleachers or whether you're on these lines, but we're encouraging you to keep, to come forward. That's it, Lord. Stay there. Yep. Come, Lord. We know you know us, Lord. You know us. You love us, God. Like you're jealous for us. You're jealous for me, Lord. That's it, we're giving you 
There's dark places in our hearts that we've never given over before. I'm just gonna share God. This is where my heart is. I'm giving it to you. That's it. Stay with us. If you're with your spouse, your significant other, I encourage you to grab their hands and look at each other and say, we're not gonna let our, our households be run by irritation, by frustration, by silent anger. We're signing back up to working our emotions out well. Sign up with the one next to you. Say, help me. We have more help here at IHOP. We have marriage ministry. We have small groups. We have a counseling department. I encourage you to reach out. To reach out and say, I need help. I need help, but I'm so angry, I'm so sad, I'm so disappointed, I need someone to get me out of this mud. Some of you are in quicksand, and I see it, you're in quicksand, and you think you're going to crawl out of the quicksand by yourself, but you need help, and that's okay. I encourage you to reach out for help. I encourage you to not discourage say, I want to go for help. No, we don't need help. We're fine. No, get help. Reach out. Amen. Come on. We're going to give you our ashes. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Let us know how you feel about us. Let us know how you see us. Shift, shift 
things for us, Father. Let us see what we haven't seen before. Lay down what we need to lay down. Give up what we need to Let us see what we haven't seen before. Let us see what we haven't seen before. There you go. We shine back up, Father. We're going to say yes to doing it well. That's it. See with your eyes, search us and know us, lead us in the way of
You're just that good. 